Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today. From wherever you're watching or listening from, if this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out one of those forms online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, we are in our last week of Christmas at the movies, and it's been a really fun ride. I hope you're able to join us in person for at least one of the occasions here to experience and get the most out of this series. Um, we've shown the clips in person. We have the photo booth, the Christmas treats and popcorn, hot chocolate bars. It's been a lot of fun here at Radiant over the last few weeks here uh, in December. Now, we recognize there are those of you guys who, you know, you're not local, right? You watch and listen uh, from a distance, or maybe you're, you're, you're not able to be present even though you are local locally uh, with us here. Well, maybe next time you'll be able to drop in for one of those unique Sundays. Uh, we're going to do this again down the road. So uh, I hope you'll be able to drop in for sure uh, at that point. Now we started off this series uh, with Elf and we learned in Elf, you know, how we find our identity in Christ. And, and you are God's masterpiece. You're, you're his perfect creation and he has a purpose for you. And then the next film we highlighted, it was the 2000 live action film, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And, and there's always, you know, a why behind someone's behavior. And often when it's, you know, negative, the why is rooted in deep pain. But God's grace can redirect, uh, redirect a life that's marred by pain, right? And Christ can transform them, giving them a brand new heart, giving them a brand new life. The final film in this series is another favorite, The Polar Express. Now, all these could be labeled new classics. They certainly are considered that by, you know, many folks here today. And The Polar Express, now it was a fantastic book long before it was even a movie. Uh, you may even read the book as a kid. If you never read the story or seen the film though, it centers on a boy uh, who has this really pivotal moment in his childhood. He's wrestling with this question of, is Santa Claus real? <laughs> he's, he's done the research. He's asked the hard questions. Everything seems to point to the fact that Santa Claus is not real. And it just so happens that on Christmas Eve, in this pivotal juncture of his life, the Polar Express pulls up outside his window and he boards the train as they take this journey to the North Pole. This little boy is forced to rethink the existence of Santa Claus. Now, none of us here are probably contemplating the existential exist you know, questions about Santa Claus, right? There's, 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 there's nothing in our minds where we're wondering if Santa is real or not. But there are some of you here today, I'm sure, that are, are dealing with difficult questions about God. And a few of you are probably going back and forth on whether God even exists. Maybe some of you want to believe, right? But there's just, there's just too many hard truths standing in the way. Bad things happening to good people. Difficult, you know, um, deep struggles you just can't seem to shake free on. Things like, you know, know, addictions and cycles of abuse, prayers that never seem to be answered. You just don't see God at work. And so if you can't see him or you can't see him working in our world, then how can you be sure that God's even out there? There's a scene in the film where, where one of the boy's friends has lost her ticket and he's found it and he attempts to return the ticket to her. And as he makes his way to the conductor's car, um, with the lost ticket, he comes across a mysterious individual who's a stowaway on the train. And they talk about the existence of, of Santa Claus. And upon hearing how the boy is struggling to believe, this mysterious person remarks that no one wants to be tricked or bamboozled, right? No one wants to be kind. And he states that Santa, uh, seeing is believing. 
How does that describe you today? You may struggle with belief in God precisely for those reasons. Like you don't want to be caught, right? I, I get that. You don't want to be bamboozled like so many other people have been uh, in, in our culture and society. So since you have enough doubts stacked against your belief in God, since there's so many signs that seem to point to this idea that, I don't know, maybe God isn't what, he, what everyone thinks he is, you choose just to disregard him. But what if, unlike our stowaway character says, what if seeing actually isn't really believing? There's another part of the film where the conductor makes a really profound statement. He tells the boy, he says, sometimes the most real things in this world are the things that we can't see. Now think about how true that is for a moment. Like, I can't see the wind, but man, I, I can sure feel it, can't you? I, I can't see gravity, but I'm impacted by it every day. We are all affected by things that we can't see or, or even sometimes feel in touch. And so the question then is this, do you simply believe? Even though you can't see God, do you believe? Even though there are hard questions you have surrounding difficult situations and you know, bad things happening to good people, for instance, right? Do you believe? Even though you've had prayers that have long gone unanswered and are challenging your idea about God, do you believe? I want to take you to Matthew chapter 8, a story involving Jesus here. Matthew 8, verse number 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and he pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Verse number 8. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have the authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Uh, check out what Jesus' response is here next. Verse number 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. So turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles, these are people who aren't Jewish, okay? Many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites for whom the kingdom was prepared will all be thrown out into the outer darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A lot to unpack there. We can't go too deep here today. We're just going to be surface level for a little bit. Verse number 13. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Today I want to give you four keys to hold on to as you sort through your belief in God. We're going to get a little help from the four main characters in the Polar Express. Each of them receive a ticket of their own before boarding the train for the final time to, to head back home from the North Pole. But these are not ordinary tickets, by the way. These are tickets with profound messages. And the first ticket that, that we see in the film is uh, learn. Learn to ask for help. Now, the kid who receives this ticket is the resident know-it-all. We, we have some people like that in our lives, right? Like, you know who those people are. They're, they're not very teachable. They have this, I know it and you don't. You're not an expert. Leave me alone. That kind, kind, kind of attitude, right? These are the people who depend on, you know, themselves. They don't need anybody or anything. And, of course, they, they know better than you do, right? 
One of the greatest struggles we face as we sort through our belief is, is, is we convince ourselves that we can obtain all the answers. So some of us are so hardwired into evidence and facts and figures and stats that we have zero room for real faith. We, we don't need God, we got us, like we're good. We navigate our beliefs by what we can see. What I love about the story we just read though, is that in Matthew, all right, unlike the know-it-all kid in the film, the Roman officer, he knows he needs help. His servant whom he cares deeply about, he has a physical condition that requires attention beyond anything he can actually give. There's nothing he can really do, right? And so at some point, he had to afraid about Jesus and, and, and hear about the things that Christ had done and people that he had healed. And it must have dawned on him, if anybody can touch his servant and heal this man, it has to be Jesus. And so he goes to someone who's literally God in human form, and he cries out for help. And he doesn't try to find all the answers on his own. He doesn't insist that he knows better or has a higher rank because he's a Roman citizen and an officer. He acknowledges that he needs help. Can I just tell you something today? You know, Jesus can't help you with the things you don't bring to him. I, I, he can help you with whatever you need him to help you with in your life. Your finances, your you know, healing, belief, freedom, addictions, forgiveness, whatever it is. But you have to bring the need to him. We, we have to admit that we don't know it all. We have to admit that we don't have all the answers. Some of you, you, you've never brought anything to Jesus. You wait until everything hits the fan, until your back's against the wall. Then you cry out for help. And your expectation is that he's just going to bail you out, you know, just, just, just like that. And I mean, like, you know, he's God. So I guess that kind of goes in line with who God is, right? No, not usually. Usually God moves kind of slow, like slower than we would like to. You have to learn to wait. You have to learn to wait on God's timing. That a delay is not a denial. You have to build up trust that God will do what's best for you. And that might mean he doesn't answer that prayer, or it may mean he answers it in a completely different way than you were expecting. But when we fail to even bring our need to God, or we fail to act on our own knowledge and power first, and then use God as like the afterthought, last-ditch choice, we kind of hope for like a Hail Mary, you know? Like we're in for major disappointment. And that disappointment, what often leads to doubt, and that doubt tends to just squash any belief that we have. I want to encourage you today that if you're struggling with belief, man, don't give up on God so easily. Keep praying. Even if it's been months, maybe even years, keep at it. God hears you. He wants what's best for you, and you have to trust Him that He'll take care of everything. So learn to ask for help, but man, don't give up. Now here's our second key. Rely on Jesus. Rely on Jesus. The only kid in the film with an actual name, and believe it or not, is a guy named Billy. Billy lived on the other side of the tracks. He was, he was poor. Life hadn't worked out. Christmas hadn't worked out. But he receives his ticket at the North Pole telling him to rely on. And he's told to be someone others can rely on, count on, depend on. Someone who always has another person's back. The Roman officer in our story, he relied on Jesus. He relinquishes all control of his situation, putting everything in Jesus' hands. There's this great scene in, in the North Pole where Billy sees a present that's actually for him. He doesn't want to let go of it. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't trust it's going to be at his house. Remember, Christmas never worked out, right? And, you know, he's never even gotten a gift from Santa Claus before. It's 
whole reason why he's on this train. But one of the elves manages to, to pry the gift away, and he, and he tells Billy, he goes, you know, in a kind of creepy way in the film too, but he tells Billy <laughs> to trust me, trust me, it's in good hands, you know? Sure enough, when he arrives home later, the gift is there waiting for him. But what if Billy had never let go of the present? What if Billy had just had control the whole time? I think in many ways we, we can relate to Billy here. I mean, we, we don't always want to give everything over to God. You know, we want to hold on to the good stuff because we're afraid that God will kill the fun. Or we want to hold on to the bad stuff because we don't trust God to fix our problems. We think we can do it better. And because it's so difficult to rely on God, we take this crushing weight of the world upon ourselves with this attitude of, well, I'm going to give it my best shot. And if it doesn't work, well, at least I know that I'm responsible for the letdown and nobody else. You know, this kind of maverick personality. Got to be straight with you today, okay? That is entirely foolish. Like, you're a fool to live like that. Life is too big. Your struggles are too big. Your weaknesses are too big. That's why elsewhere we read Jesus say this, Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all of you, not some of you, but all of you, who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. We can't handle everything life throws our way. We can't do it all on our own, at least. But when you believe in God, when you rely on Him, man, that changes everything. You can count on Him when everything else fails. Just because you don't see God doesn't mean He's not at work. You can trust Him. But you have to first believe. Third kid who receives a ticket is a girl, and she's gifted with leadership ability. But in the film, you also see that, boy, she has a lot of humility, too. Humility is a really important quality to have. You know why? Because believing in God requires us to lead a life of humility. People with pride don't really need God. You ever, you ever picked up on that? Like maybe you struggle with belief because you've always felt like, you know, you're good enough, you know? Hey, I love God, love my country, I'm good, you know? Uh, but that's a stark contrast, by the way, to how the Roman officer feels. He doesn't feel he's good enough. In fact, he tells Jesus that he isn't even worthy to let him set foot in his own house. Like, that's humility. It's hard for us to capture the image that, that, that's there in, in Matthew and the importance behind it. But I can assure you the crowd was in absolute shock to see a high-ranking Roman officer kneel before a man who was part of a conquered people. Like Jesus, to so many, was a great rabbi and teacher, but I mean, he was also a peasant, okay? And for this officer to claim it was he who was unworthy to have Jesus set foot in his home, as outlandish. But the officer showed great humility because he believed. Isaiah 55, 8 tells us this, that God's thoughts, they're not our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. In fact, they're better than ours. It takes humility to ask God for help. It takes more humility to rely on Him and not control everything. It takes even greater humility to admit that God is better at being God than we are. You've got plans. You've got things you want done a certain way. Maybe you're a strong type A personality. It's easy to get caught up in trying to be like God without actually intentionally trying to be like God. But it's really difficult to have the humility to admit you're nothing without it. James 4.10 tells us this, that if we're humble, if we would humble ourselves before God, you know what he'll do is he'll lift us up. When God lifts us up, it's not about power. It's not about perspective. Sometimes, you know, um, I think while we're out, uh, my, my kids, particularly Noah, uh, they'll want me to pick them up because they, they can't see animals at the zoo or whatever. And, and of course, like I'll lift them to my level and they can see everything at that point. 
And that's really what God does for us. You know, He lifts us so we can see what He sees. We believe we can see people the way He sees them. We can treat them the way that He treats them. We can love people the way that He loves them. And we can finally be the person we were meant to be all along, but we have to have the humility to say, Lord, I need you. And although the Roman officer refuses to allow Christ to enter his home, he does make a profound statement. He says in Matthew 8, 8, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. He doesn't need to see Jesus heal his servant to believe it can be done. All he needs is to hear Jesus speak the words. That's belief. You gotta believe the spoken word. Listen to what Christ says one more time. Matthew 8, 13. Go back home. Because you believed, it's happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. The Roman officer still had to go home. Let's not lose sight of that. He had to go home still. He heard the words of Christ, but he wasn't home yet. He still had to embark on the journey. I've always wondered, you know, if he struggled with belief on the way back, you know, just kind of asking himself, okay, is he, is he really healed? Like, why really see him waiting for me when I get back? Is it is, is going to work out? So much, you know, can happen in our journey from here to there. There are numerous challenges and doubts and obstacles which can get in our way and just derail what God wants to do. It takes grit. It takes determination. It, it takes resiliency to keep believing on the journey. And this officer, man, he just didn't stop. He kept believing. Even though he hadn't seen his servant healed, he fully expected and fully believed that when he returned home, it would be just as Jesus had said. Our main character, the, the little boy, he actually has no name in the story or in the film. He finds himself at a crossroads. He struggled to believe in Santa Claus, right? But he, here he is at the North Pole. There's elves and flying reindeer and a bunch of kids who believe. About five minutes to midnight, Santa Claus appears, and, and, and the crowd of the elves just roars and goes nuts. The reindeer are so excited. They're jumping in, in the frenzy of all the craziness. One of the sleigh bells falls from the harness of, of a reindeer, and so the boy picks it up, and even though he shakes it, he can't hear the ring. Finally, he relents, and he says, I believe. I believe, you know? And suddenly the bell rings. And he's given this special bell from Santa's sleigh by Santa Claus himself as the first gift of Christmas. I wonder today, do you believe? You're not at the North Pole, there, there's no elves, there's not a magical train <laughs> for you to experience. But there are real people with real experiences of dramatic change that only God could bring. There are real stories of God's power and faithfulness in these lives who would unequivocally say, I believe. There's the guy who was a drug addict who believed and was set free. There's the guy who believed in their prison cell and had their lives changed forever. There's the couple whose marriage was torn apart and their divorce papers were being drawn up, but they both believed and God restored and healed their marriage. There's so many people who believed and when they did, God's reckless love changed them forever. You've had the questions, the doubts, the struggles, but where has it gotten you? What if you learned to ask for help? What if you learned to rely on Jesus to change and transform you? What if you led a life of humility, but God was at the center? And what if you could finally say, I believe? How would that change you? 
Get ready for that new experience, that new life that Christ can bring. Stick with me because I want to pray with you and for you to help you take the first step on a remarkable journey that God has been preparing just for you. Lord, I thank you for who you are. You're an amazing and incredible God. I pray right now, Lord, that you just begin to work in hearts and minds and lives of those who are watching and listening, wherever they may be. God, I pray for those who uh, are here today and they would just say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm ready just to take that first step forward. I, I want to believe. I want to believe. And if that's you, I want you to say this prayer in your own words. I'm going to model it. You say it in your own words after me, okay? This prayer is going to be the start of your journey. Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Lord, I pray that you would please forgive me. Forgive me for the sin. Forgive me for the wrong. I pray, God, that you would become my Savior, that you would save me from my sins and from my darkness. And God, give me new life. And God, you give me a brand new heart. Give me a brand new start, Lord, I pray. And that, Lord, now that you've given me that new life and new start, hey, from this day forward, I'm going to serve you with everything I have. I'm going to follow after you. I'm not going to call my own shots anymore. I'm not going to do my own thing anymore. Man, from this day forward, God, I am 100% relying on you and who you are. I want you to be my Lord. I'm going to follow and submit myself to you for the rest of my life. And Father, I thank you for those who said that prayer, who made you Lord and Savior here today. Their journey is just getting started. And what a journey it's going to be. Lord, I, I thank you for them. I pray you bless them. I pray your hands would be upon them. And I pray, God, you would just do great things in and through them. And we ask this in your name. Amen and amen. All right. If you said that prayer today, hey, listen, you're now part of the family of God, the kingdom of God. Your journey's just beginning. It's not over. So do me a favor, if you would, let us know you said that prayer. In fact, go to our website, go to radiantchurchsc.com and click share your story. Let us know how God has touched you, what he's done in your life. We'd love to hear about that. Uh, we are off next week. It's the last Sunday of the year. We are only doing a community prayer service locally here for our church. There's nothing that we're going to have online for you. So we'll see you on the other side in 2022. That's right. We'll be back. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.